Thanks for tuning in to Mountain View Fellowship's weekly podcast with lead pastor Don Headley. At MVF, our mandate is pointing people to Jesus by fostering relationships. We know Jesus cared for people and placed a lot of emphasis on relationships. So we do too. We believe that we're created for relationship with God and that he gave each one of us a desire to belong. If you'd like more information about MVF, connect with us at mvfcolorado.com. Now, stay tuned for this week's message. I get to welcome you to the first message in our Christmas series, which we're entitling uh, Christmas at MBF. And so we're going to have some fun with this. If you would, take your Bibles, head over to Matthew chapter 1, go to verses 18 through 25. This is where we're going to be this morning. We're actually looking at the life of Joseph today. So Matthew chapter 1. Uh, 18 through 25. If you have your device, you can open up the MVF Colorado app. It gives you the Bible in there already. It's already turned to the passage. Also message notes so you can dive a little bit deeper into the text today. But we're thrilled because, uh, you know, if you, if you brought your physical Bible, it's the way I study. I like it uh, because I like to write in my Bibles. We always encourage you to do that. Circle, underline, just have a good time. Write all your thoughts and questions down in the margins. That's what that white space between all the verses are for, so that you can write down questions. And I know if you, if you looked at my Bible, you would see tons of questions. I write them down all the time. And a lot of them I know I'm never going to get the answer to until I get there with Jesus. But I still write them down because it's things I'm thinking of. Things like uh, Eve, you know, did she ever eat fruit after they got kicked out of the garden? You know, like, did they see an apple and, and you know, Adam would give her that look like, mm, no, don't do that, right? Or, or maybe uh, Noah, did he ever sleep during a storm? Like, did he, could he not sleep if it was raining outside? Uh, Jonah, did he ever develop the taste for seafood? Did he ever like seafood? Or maybe even Peter, maybe Peter did he try to walk on water any time after that? You know, maybe by himself, uh, no, one, no one around, and he just gave it a shot just to see. Uh, I think we have questions from the Bible because so often the Bible seems like a fence with knot holes in it, you know, where you can walk over the fence and you can look through the hole and you get a snapshot. You can see a little bit, but you can't see the whole picture. The Bible tells us a lot about the events that we read about, but they don't give us all the details to every story. And so we're left asking a lot of questions. I, I know when I read through Scripture, I'm always writing down tons of questions. Uh, the woman that was caught in adultery, I mean, what did she say when she got home? What did she tell him? Uh, what about like the possessed man that had the legion of demons in him? Jesus cast him out and he threw him into a whole herd of swine. I mean, what did that dude do for a living after that? And did he have to tell that story every time the guys got together? I mean, this, what was his life like after that? You can almost sit down with any passage of Scripture, any event, and make an entire list of questions, but none more than the Christmas story. When we start talking about the birth of Christ, I have a ton of questions because characters come into the story and they disappear almost without the opportunity of asking any questions. Things like the innkeeper. Did the innkeeper ever find out later on that when he turned away that young couple, that he was turning away God himself? Did he ever find that out? 
Or the shepherds, did they, did they ever hum the angel's song afterwards? Like years later, in the, in the dark of night, in the field, one of them would start humming it and the others would join in and they would remember back to that first Christmas morning. I wonder, did they ever hum that song? And the wise men, what was it like for them to travel that far? What was it like for them to kneel down and worship a toddler? What was that like? But I think of all the characters in this Christmas story, if there's one I would love to sit across the table from and just fire questions out, it would be Jesus' earthly father, Joseph. I would love to talk to Joseph because I've got a lot of questions about his story. His story is actually told here in Matthew chapter 1. Take a look at this. Starting in verse 18, it says this. This is how Jesus the Messiah was born. His mother Mary was engaged to be married to Joseph, but before the marriage took place, while she was still a virgin, she became pregnant through the power of the Holy Spirit. Already, it's taken a twist, isn't it? Joseph, to whom she was engaged, was a righteous man and did not want to disgrace her publicly, so he decided to break the engagement quietly. As he considered this, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream. Joseph, son of David, now we have an angel entering the story. The angel said, do not be afraid to take Mary as your wife, for the child within her was conceived by the Holy Spirit. And she will have a son, and you are to name him Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All of this occurred to fulfill the Lord's message through his prophet. Look, the virgin will conceive a child. She will give birth to a son and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God is with us. When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded and took Mary as his wife, but he did not have sexual relations with her until her son was born and Joseph named him Jesus. Now, let me ask questions. Anyone? Because I I read this story. I've got tons of questions. I just want to sit down with Joseph and go, what was that like? I mean, to be the father of the Messiah, what was that like? Like, did you ever arm wrestle Jesus? And did Jesus ever let you win? Uh, Whatever happened to, to, you know, his teenage years? Because we're not told any of that in the scriptures. You know, what was that like to have Jesus in the house? Did he perform miracles when he was younger? Did you see a lot of those going on around the house? Like, did he use it to prank you every once in a while? You know, did you ever start to like say a prayer and then you looked up to see Jesus listening? Just questions. Now, what happened to the wise men? Did you ever keep in contact with them? Like, did your paths ever cross later on? And whatever happened to Joseph himself? I mean, I'd like to ask him that. Because we're not told a lot about Joseph. We're told this story, and then we're told one more story about him. When Jesus is about 12 years old, they go to Jerusalem for the Passover, and then they leave, and they get halfway home and realize they've left their son in Jerusalem, and they have to turn around and go back and get Jesus. So fathers in the room, if you feel like you've made mistakes, at least you didn't leave the Savior of the world in, you know, in another town a few days away. So you're doing pretty good. Uh, but of all these questions that I have, what I'd like to ask Joseph about more than anything is that, that night in Bethlehem. I'd like to ask about the, the scene surrounding the stable. What was it like to be a part of that? What was going on in that moment? What was he thinking when Jesus was being born? Because I believe if, if he was a man just like any of us, he was doing everything that he could to help his wife. Like he... He couldn't find a place for him. We're, we're told in Scripture that there was no place for him in the end, so they ended up in the stable. And, and as, as a man, as a husband, as a, 
uh, almost a father, you would be scrambling around doing everything that you could, piling up maybe straw to make a bed, maybe laying out the blankets from the donkey, maybe rolling one up to make a pillow for, for Mary. I mean, doing everything that you could. I, I want to know, what was Joseph thinking? I wonder what, he, what was going through his mind in this moment. I, I wonder if there was a, a time when he would step outside of the stable and he would just talk to God. I wonder if in this moment, if he could hear the labor pains of Mary in the stable and he's looking out at a dark sky, if he just started to talk to God and, and just say, you know, God, I, I didn't plan it this way. Like this, this is not the way I saw this going down at all. Like, I, I knew we were coming to Bethlehem, but I, I thought we would have a place to stay. In a stable, this is the best that we can do? Like, really? I mean, there's donkeys and sheep and, and straw, and hey, that's about all we have in this stable. I imagine this being completely different. I thought this was going to happen back at home. Like, with, with grandparents and family and friends standing outside the door, and, and then an eruption of applause when the baby cried for the first time. I thought I could just see us passing out cigars and pats on the back, and, and the midwife handed me this baby, and there was the, this celebration that was going to happen. But we're in a stable. This is not the way I imagined it. And, and what kind of husband am I in this moment? I, I haven't even provided a place for my wife. Like, there's no bed for her. We're five days away from home. Not a roof over our head. All we can find is a stable. No bed. It smells like sheep and donkeys. And I now smell like a shepherd because I've been in there digging around in the hay, and we haven't even had time to, to freshen up from the trip. And here she is in labor with our son. God, did I miss something? Like, surely it was, there was something more to this than this. And the angels, when they told us that we were going to be giving birth to the Messiah, I pictured something grand. I thought maybe Jerusalem, maybe like the temple and the priests surrounded around, and all the nation would be there because this is the Messiah, right? There would be parades and maybe a banquet to bring in God in flesh. But here we are in Bethlehem, in the middle of nowhere. I mean, even Nazareth would be better than this. At least home, we got, we got a house and we, we've got a bed and we've got uh, friends and family could help out and a midwife, but here we've got nothing. We've got, we got a weary mule that's carried us 90 miles and, and some blankets and that's about it. This is not how I, I thought I would bring in, be bringing my son into the world. But it's not my son, is it? It's your son. I, I keep forgetting that. I, I know this child is yours and this plan is yours. This idea is yours. And, and God, I, I know that, that you've arranged all this, but really, really, this is how you're going to enter into the world? I mean, the questions uh, about the pregnancy, I, I can handle that. I believe the angel when the angel appeared. That was rough, but, but I believe in that. And the trip to, to Bethlehem, fine, I can deal with that. But having the baby born in a stable, Really? I mean, Mary's about to give birth not to a baby, but to the Messiah. Not to an infant, but to God. This, this is how, how the angel said it was going to take place. I mean, never said anything about a stable. And when they said we were going to be given birth to the Messiah, I mean, Mary believes that. And I, and I want to believe it too, but it's so bizarre. It's so strange. And I don't do well with that. 
because I'm a carpenter. My job is to make things fit. I mean, I square off the edges. I use a level at a plumb line, and, and surprises are not the friend of a builder. But I, I know I'm, I'm not the builder in this project, am I? I'm just a tool in your hands, a hammer, a nail between your fingers, a, a chisel in your hands. This project's not mine, but it's yours. I get that. And forgive me for doubting and, and for asking all these questions. I, trust just doesn't come easy to me. But, but I know, I know you never said that this was going to be easy. But God, this is hard. God, if I could just, just ask one more favor. I mean, if you could just send the angel that you sent before just affirm that we're on the right track, that we're doing the right thing, that this is what you had in mind because I'm struggling with that. If you can't send an angel, at least send a person because right now we have no company. We're so far from home and we're alone and it would just be nice to have some company. Maybe, maybe the innkeeper. Heck, even shepherds right now would be great. Now, I don't know about you. I, I don't know if Joseph prayed a prayer like that. I don't know if he questioned God like that. Perhaps he did or perhaps he didn't. But I know this, um, you probably have. Why? Because you've stood right where Joseph stood. You've been there, caught between what God says and and what common sense says. Uh, You've done what you thought God called you to do. And in that moment, you're left going, is this really what you had in mind, God? Things aren't going the way that you thought, and and yet you're still trying to obey. and, And you find yourself going, did I miss something? You've stared into the sky with doubt. You've asked some of those big questions just like Joseph did. Am I on the right track? Are we still headed in the right direction, God? Maybe, maybe you wanted us to go left and we went right instead. Is, is this still your plan? Do you have something bigger that's coming and this is just part of it? See, I think each of us knows exactly what it's like to search the night sky. Maybe not right outside of a stable, but maybe right outside of an emergency room. Maybe not on the road to Bethlehem, but maybe parked alongside the road in your car. Maybe it wasn't standing in a field in Bethlehem. Maybe it was standing on cut grass at a cemetery. And you find yourself questioning. Questioning God, his plan, his provision, his path. And especially here in 2020, I think the way this year has gone, we have all found ourselves in that place where we're questioning, God, is this what you had in mind? Are you still here? Are you aware of everything that's going on? And I want you to know that if you're asking what Joseph asked, let me just urge you a little bit to do what Joseph did. To do what Joseph did. If you've got some of those same questions, if you're struggling because times are uncertain, you don't know what's going to happen, maybe you've lost your job, maybe you don't know how you're going to pay the next bill, and you're asking some of those questions about God's plan and his provision, uh, I want you to do what Joseph did. Do you remember what he did? Uh, Maybe we read it too fast. It's in, in verse 24. It says, When Joseph woke up, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded. And so if you're asking what Joseph asked, let me just urge you to do what Joseph did and obey. Just simply obey what you know to be true. Obey what you know God wants you to do. Joseph obeyed. And Joseph obeyed when the sky was bright, and he obeyed God even when the sky was dark. He didn't have all the answers. He didn't know what the big picture looked like, and still he packed up his family. He he 
threw Mary in a cart, and they went 90 miles away to another town, and eventually they would be sent to a whole other country, but he did it. Why? Because God told him to do it. He was obeying exactly what God wanted him to do. What about you? I mean, just like Joseph, you don't have the whole picture. You don't know what tomorrow looks like. And just like Joseph, your task is to bring Jesus into your part of the world. And just like Joseph, you have an option. Do you obey or do you disobey? See, Joseph chose to obey, and God used him to change the world. And I think God still wants to do that today. I know he does, because God still looks for Joseph's today. He still looks for Joseph's today. And ladies, I'm not leaving you out. I'm just saying Joseph's, meaning men and women. Men and women who believe that God's not done with this world yet. Like he's still bringing about his will. Um, uncommon men and women who believe in an unbelievable God. Um, I think that we have an opportunity here for God to take us and to do something mighty with us, but it, it comes through obedience. When we serve Without knowing the whole picture, we're being obedient to God, to, to what he wants, to his calling. My question is, will we serve when we don't understand? Will we continue to obey when we don't know what the big picture looks like or we don't have all the answers to all of our questions? See, I don't believe God answered all of Joseph's questions, but he did answer the big one. God, are you still with me? Because later that night, Mary would give birth to a little boy. And they would call him Emmanuel, meaning God with us. God's answer to Joseph was, yes, Joseph, I'm still with you. I have not forgotten about you. Now, there are many questions I think that we have in Scripture that we're not going to have the answers to until we go home, until we appear face-to-face before Jesus and he answers them. Many knot holes in the fence that, that we look through, we have snapshots of everything that's going on, but we don't know the whole picture, and it causes us to wonder. I wonder if, I wonder why, and yet even in our wondering, there's several questions that we don't have to ask anymore. God, do you love me? Do you care for me? Do I matter to you? Do you still love your children? And I think all we need to do is look back 2,000 years and in the face of a newborn baby, God answers all those questions with a resounding yes with all my heart. I pray that in this season, even though tomorrow's uncertain, that we will do what Joseph did. Even in our questioning, and that we'll obey. And I believe that God wants to meet us in that during this season. Can I pray for all the Josephs? Would you just bow your heads and pray with me? Heavenly Father, we come to you right now just as your people. Uh, Lord, being honest about our questions and our doubts, and and Lord, I pray specifically for those who um, are struggling in this season. This year has been very difficult for a lot of us. And Lord, um, I, I pray that we can find some similarities between us and Joseph standing there outside of a stable, not knowing what tomorrow holds, not knowing if, they're on the, uh, if he's on the right path, Lord. I pray, would you just speak into our hearts, let us know that as long as we stay obedient, that you're going to work out your plan, that you'll meet us where we're at, Lord, build up our faith, continue to mold and shape us into people that look more and more like you. 
Jesus, we pray that your name would receive all the glory and honor for this. And we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ and all God's people said. Thanks for joining us here at Mountain View Fellowship. We'd love the chance to meet you in person. We gather each Sunday at 9 and 1045 a.m. at 1955 Headlight Road in Strasburg, Colorado. If you aren't able to join us in person, we'll meet you right back here next week. God bless. Thank you.